last session on the Holy Spirit series and um, Wendy Lee has done an amazing job of organising um, our learning in 2023. So Wendy, could you just stand up before we start and could we give Wendy a huge round of applause? <laughs> because it is not easy, it's not easy to get you guys to do something, let alone 24-7 people. <laughs> and they are emails upon emails, and Wendy's thinking about things before I've even thought about them, and, you know, she's really championed this, and it's not, it really isn't an easy job, and it's, it's a thankless job. Um, but you'll see that every speaker that's come here has said, and Wendy, thank you so much, you know, so she's doing all the correspondence, she's thinking ahead, when people drop out because they've got COVID, what's our plan B, what's our plan C and F and D and Z um, along with it. And just an example of that, Wendy has created here um, our session today. I spoke to her in the morning and by, I think even by the afternoon, Wendy had organized um, us all into that. So Wendy, just thank you so much. I really appreciate what you've done. Um, so the Holy Spirit, it's a journey that we really felt invited on to explore um, with Roger Ellis, who came and spoke to us. And he said these words. He said, guys, you have the Holy Spirit as um, Proximity Church, but you need to learn. There's an invitation to learn how to use that and how to live in that and how to test the, the steward it, yeah, and the, the lengths and the breadths and the depths of the Holy Spirit. So we took that and we've gone on a journey. We've looked at the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, and um, today we're going to look back at our learning and really in a privileged way, we're going to hear from the sound from the ground, what you've heard as um, proximity. And we're going to revisit those lessons because it's the thing is we've had really profound sessions. We've had amazing speakers for such a small group of people to have people from around the world come and, and invest in us and speak into us is a real gift. Um, and so just to leave that learning and just to not revisit it, maybe it's doing a bit of a disservice. So, so we had the opportunity today to revisit some of those learnings. And as I say, from, um, from within the church. So we're going to do that. Um, but what I wanted to do before we start is, um, is just to pray. And um, Christy shared this song at Encounter. We've just sung it as leaders as we met this morning. Wendy shared it with me in the week. I was praying it in the prayer room. Is that um, come rest on us, Holy Spirit, come rest on us. And, um, and as I was on the, uh, that Zoom on Friday with the Emmaus Road guys, they said, what's your biggest prayer request for, for Proximity Church? And my prayer request was that each of us as individuals that the Holy Spirit would just come and move, would blow on us as individuals, that we would all have an experience of the Holy Spirit and that would fill us up and empower us out, you know. So that is my prayer. Holy Spirit, would you come rest on us? So let me just pray. Jesus, we thank you for this journey we've been on. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for, for what you've taught us, what you've invited us into in this season. And I pray now, Holy Spirit, that you would come, that you would rest on us. We feel that you're in this room, Jesus. Would you do it again in us? God, I thank you for the gifts and the fruit that is in our church. And we pray that you would um, water that, Jesus, that we would cultivate that, that we would live into those gifts and that fruit, Jesus and that we would see that multiplied. Jesus, we pray that this morning as we revisit learnings and things that you've challenged us with, that you would just take us deeper, that you'd empower us this morning. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Amen. So I'm going to hand over to Wendy, who's going to start us off. Thanks very much. So, yeah, I said to Charles, I think it would be really good if... Um, even if we just briefly, um, you know, kind of five minutes each revisited what we'd done, because I know you, you, you kind of do remember some bits, but it, it, it's, it's good to jog your memory. Um, so basically, we started off January 2023 um, with Ian Nicholson, and his title was Why Does the Holy Spirit Come? So just to put it in a little bit of context, first of all, he sort of talked in his intro about a new world of opportunities, really, for communities um, here and in other countries. 
um, because it was we were sort of emerging from COVID lockdown, which, you know, it's, it's really weird, isn't it? You get that kind of sense of time. Um, and in, in some ways, it's not that long ago, but last January, we were just sort of thinking about getting back into buildings, doing stuff. Um, and he talked about that in the sense of, um, you know, the COVID lockdown had provided opportunities for some churches and others had completely folded. So that, that was quite interesting. And he talked about some of his travels and what he was doing and places he'd been. Um, and, and, so, and some of the real positive things that had emerged out of COVID for, for churches and growth and building relationships, um, particularly in relation to buildings and, and partnerships with churches, which I thought was actually really interesting when I read that or, or listened to the, um, uh, the talk in the past week, thinking about you know, what's happened with proximity in the light of Dry Street, Hasenbrook, you know, the, the partnerships we've had with churches and, and other communities and how that's sometimes a really positive thing. So that was really good to just put the whole thing in context. Um, but the main theme of his teaching was to um, consider um, and think about thin places. So I don't know whether you remember that, thin places. Um, and he gave the historical background of what a thin place is. Um, and basically, it kind of comes from Celtic Christians who initially travelled from Ireland um, and then into Scotland in the 5th century and then on to the north of England. Um, and the Celtic Christians drew inspiration themselves from the Desert Fathers, who were their predecessors from the 3rd century onwards, who formed the beginnings and basis of um, Christian monasticism. So that's where it kind of originally came from. So um, what is a thin place? Can you, can you remember? I'm going to test you now. Uh, anyone remember what a, th what a thin place is? Yep. Yep, that's, that's about right. So a place is where heaven and earth uh, meet. So where the gap between God and us narrows or is especially thin. Um, and I think often we know when we reach that place. So he talked about you know when you're at that point where, where everything is really close. So prayer enables, a place to be, uh, prayer enables a place to become a thin place because it's us connecting with God and where the presence of Jesus is. So thin places are also community places. He talked about that as well. By carrying the presence of God through the Holy Spirit, we can create a thin place. So he gave examples of thin places. So a prayer room can be a thin place, on a beach, in a cathedral, on a mountaintop, during a time of worship. Um, but basically, it's anywhere where the Holy Spirit or the dove lands, which I thought that was, that was really a good, a good picture, where the dove lands. So after this, we then went on to talk about, um, well, we went into groups, and we were talking about um, where the thin places were in your own lives. So we had to sort of share that. Where have you met God? Where did you feel especially close to God? Um, so what environment is conducive for you really feeling intimate with God? Where is that? You know, is it on a beach? Wherever. So that was, that was again, you know, kind of really interesting to see where people were coming from in relation to that. Then he went on to really the biblical context of, of um, thin places. So he talked about um, the fall um, in Genesis where things changed um, and sometimes, you know, people were distanced from God. But he also then gave examples of where there were real characters in the Bible, in the Old Testament particularly, that had really intimate times with God. So Moses particularly and where those places were, you know, Mount Horeb, um, the burning bush with Moses and so on. So he threw out another question saying, are you hungry for the Spirit's presence? And get into that thin place. He talked about not, not settling and staying safe, but going deeper with God. A thin place is a garden that we need to tend as a community as well as ourselves individually. Um, and to remember that you've come from the wilderness. So you've come from the wilderness back into that garden. Find your identity and purpose and calling in a thin place where God empowers you through the Holy Spirit. 
So live out your identity in ministry. So he then gave some examples of individual characters in the Bible. Um, Bezalel in Exodus 31, verses 1 to 6. God said, I filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom, understanding, and so on. To make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and to engage in all kinds of crafts. So in essence, God gave him the spirit of creativity. Again, he went on to speak about other characters. You know, what did God give those people? So think about your uniqueness. Um, you know, what is your identity in God? And how does the Holy Spirit nurture your own individual identity? Isaiah 61, the Spirit comes to bring freedom. And in Ian's encouragement again to us, be a Holy Spirit-inspired community and rebuild ruins and rebuild people. 2 Timothy 1 verse 6 says, fan into flame the gift of God that is within you. And again, he said, uh, you know, be expectant for God. So he also talked about um, God moving in different ways. And one of, the, one of the key things he said was that, um, you know, don't always be thinking about the past, how, how God has moved in the past, because God wants to do a new thing in you. And he's more likely to move in a different way to, to the way he's moved in the past. And, um, yeah, just be open to that and be encouraged, really. So um, he really ended by talking about Thurrock being a thin place, which was a real encouragement. So he said, from how I see it, Thurrock is a thin place where people can really meet with God, be intimate with God. And that was um, his real encouragement to us. Yeah, Father God, I just thank you for your Holy Spirit in us. I thank you that as a communi community, we, we want to hear your voice and we want the dove to land on us. We want you to be here to rest on us. And Father, I just thank you for what you have given us um, in our hearts, um, in our vision, Lord. Um, just pray that it keeps growing. Um, as we come to the end of this year and move into 2024. Um, but Lord, I just pray um, that Thorak will be a thin place where we meet with you, Lord. Um, and despite sometimes the, um, the difficulties we face and maybe we don't always feel the environment that we live in is conducive to meeting with you, but Lord, help us to find those places. Help us to find those green spaces. Help us to find rivers and waterways and um yeah just fill us lord um with your holy spirit in jesus name amen amen and now we have pete connor Woo! i'm much more comfortable playing guitar than i am speaking yeah um but here goes um thanks so um I've got February's talk, which was from Joel Callender, <laughs> originally from Narn Arn. So can I do it in my own voice? <laughs> um, and uh, so here we go, five minutes starting now. Uh, the topic was operating in the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. So Joe said that when she was asked to speak on gifts, miracles, healing and faith, she found it a bit daunting. Where to look, she said. Where are the miracles and healing? But God reveals something of his character when we start looking. Through prayer, faith begins to rise up in us. She talked about the power of stories, how we get to know one another, but how the Bible is the most important story. We see the character of the Holy Spirit. In Genesis, Holy Spirit hovering over the waters. In Luke, Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Jesus' baptism, the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form as a dove. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, was led into the wilderness. Jesus was filled with the Spirit of God. In the resurrection, in Romans, if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. In Acts, 
it says, Jesus says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit is at the heart of all of the pivotal and monumental moments in Scripture. They're in creation, at the birth of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, the baptism of Jesus, and the growth of the early church. This is the biggest story that we are part of, in that the Holy Spirit is alive and active in the Bible. And what we discover is that he doesn't stop there. The same spirit that raised Jesus is living in us. The Bible says we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So that was her introduction. Joe so then went on to talk about the reality that we find ourselves in. As we look around at the world we live in, we don't often see miracles and healing. How can we look at scripture and all the amazing things that the Holy Spirit does within the current reality that we live in? Not everything we pray for will immediately or supernaturally happen. This is the reality of the world we live in. Maybe not the news we want to hear. Miracles. The world that God has created is infinitely complex, and if miracles happened all the time, they wouldn't deserve the name, and the world would be a lot less ordered. But rare is not never. But for some of us, it just hasn't happened. Months of prayer can take energy, time, and investment. We can sometimes question if this is even worth it. Faith. Hebrews 11, 1 to 2. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were comm commended for. Acts of faith are what distinguished our ancestors, set them above the crowd. In the face of disappointment, sadness, or unanswered prayer, we are reminded of the significance of faith. Faith is believing in God's goodness and steadfast presence, even when we don't see the miracles we are hoping and believing for. And now the application. Miracles and healing don't always look the way we want them to. God will often work in unexpected ways, his way. Joe shared some 24-7 stories of God moving in miraculous ways, including a story from Peru of the tailors who were here last week. What if we stopped limiting what we think miracles are and asked God to show us the miracle stories he's writing in our lives and the lives of those around us? Partnering with God, but keep, us, keep on praying for provision, sickness and salvation. Asking God, what are you already doing in my life? And Holy Spirit, what are you stirring in me and us? Joe then spoke about community. 1 Corinthians, don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you? Something beautiful happens when we invite the Holy Spirit to dwell amongst us together. How beautiful it is to be part of a community that can have faith for one another. And then finally, Joe ended on talking about the gifts of the Spirit. And Joe asked us, what gifts has God already given us as a church? What are the gifts to pray for as a community? And are there any specific gifts you see in specific people? Um, so my, my prayer is very simply, let's ask God, what are, you, what are you already doing in my life, our lives? And Holy Spirit, what are you stirring in us as a community? That's my prayer. And just on that, um, I was able to share with Joe after she came. There's one person Hope loves more than me. It's, it's Granny. Um, I was able to share um, with Joe after she came to visit us that uh, we actually had some healings in the community. I don't know if you remember. We had Rob prayed for his neighbor. Um, and we had Holly that prayed for someone in a petrol station. And there was another one. And I can't remember what that was. Such a shame. Anyway, so that, but we did see the Holy Spirit back out. Monica, this week we've experienced some stuff happening in our house churches. Would you be able to come and just, I know that's putting you on the spot, <laughs> but you'd say no, no, Jacob. Could, could you, would you mind sharing? Because it's good news to hear. 
Yeah, so our house church is doing a Bible in a year reading together. And um, this week at house church, they were talking about the Holy Spirit because in the middle of Acts and you can see all the Holy Spirit moving and they were talking about it. And quite a few people in our house church have some health issues this week that came up. So they just prayed for all of this. And um, Friday evening, we had a message from all the people they prayed for. Oh, I'm completely here. I'm much better uh, I could do the things I couldn't do anymore. So, uh, yeah, it was pretty much immediately. Amen. And I invite Deb Connor now to um, come and share with us. Well, I really enjoyed looking back over Brian's talk. Um, he came to us in March, and the subject we gave him was handbrakes on the Holy Spirit. Well, handbrakes are quite a modern thing and so Brian said that he preferred to talk in terms of strongholds because that's what we are we we see in the Bible so um, there are strongholds in our lives that need to be demolished in other words things that have got strong hold over us a stronghold is an enclosed space a fortress something or some attitude that you've allowed to have space in your life that stops you from moving into all that God has for you. These strongholds, said Brian, mainly exist in our minds and can seem like giants looming over us. They're not necessarily sinful, but they are not helpful. Brian wanted us to consider three ways in which we can respond to what's happening spiritually in our lives, and he called these three things, giving up, getting out, or giving in. Giving up. By this, Brian meant the giving up on moving on with God because of our negative thinking. We can sometimes have a very low expectations of what God is willing to do and what is God is able to do in us and through us. In short, we can be low on faith. And like the disciples, we need to ask God to increase our faith and believe that God rewards those who earnestly seek him. Secondly, Brian said that, suggested that one of the things that will sometimes stop us from allowing the Holy Spirit to get closer to us is that we have seen or experienced things before and they have frightened us. An example he gave was that perhaps we've witnessed the mishandling of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes also we run away because the task ahead of us seems too big or too daunting, so we just want to get out. Thirdly, giving in. Sometimes we give in to temptation, we give in to sin, and this can affect our relationship with God and the Holy Spirit. To deal with these things, Brian suggested that we can all learn the benefits of confession and accountability to one another. So those were the three general handbrakes to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. But he then gave three examples of specific strongholds or handbrakes. The first was damaged emotions. We're all impacted by our relationships with parents, with friends, with siblings, with teachers, with authority figures, etc., etc. And when we haven't enjoyed good experiences in the past, this can lead us to having problems with trusting God. Brian discussed the benefits of all sorts of things like good counseling, and in some cases, medication, and of course, prayer and support from your friends and believers around you. The second example he gave was of an unforgiving spirit. Brian gave us a very personal and touching example of the way he was led to forgive someone from his past who had hurt him deeply 10 years previously. He was unaware that he needed to forgive this person but as he did so, many more things which were affecting his spirit and his general well-being were resolved. And the third example he gave was of allowing jealousy to have a place in our hearts. 
Finally, in small groups, Brian encouraged us to think especially about these last three strongholds, which can act as handbrakes on the work of the Holy Spirit in our personal lives and in the life of our church. In the final question time, I don't know whether Christy remembers this, but you asked Brian for a little bit more information about the whole subject of um, it being easy or difficult to forgive someone and how you could do that. And Brian, Brian um, commented that in his experience, it was easy to do with the head. It was easy to forgive people with your head, but harder to do from the heart. And his suggestion to help with that was that praying blessings over those um, that we want to forgive can really help greatly with moving our prayers from our head to our heart. He also encouraged us to look for discernment and sensitivity in our relationship with the Holy Spirit, to question, why am I thinking about this particular person or this particular situation? Is the Holy Spirit revealing something to me? Do I need to think about this? Do I need to take some time to consider whether the Holy Spirit is asking me to forgive or to get rid of jealousy or to deal with my damaged emotions? Um, yeah, my question to us would be, have we taken time to perhaps um, consider those three examples, damaged emotions, unforgiving spirit, jealousy, have we sat before God and just given the Holy Spirit time? And have we thought whether he's stirring our hearts um, to look more carefully at one or other of these handbrakes? Would you like me to pray out of that? Yes. <laughs> um, Father, we thank you so much that you have made us for relationship with you. We belong to you. You are our Father. And you don't want anything to interfere with that. You are jealous of the relationship that you want to have with us. So I just pray, Father, for each one of us and for everybody who's, who's in, in our church, that at some point we are able to just sit and think about these things that Brian brought to us. And we trust you, Holy Spirit. We trust you to reveal to us the things that need healing the things that we need to say sorry for, the things from our past that might be preventing us from moving on with you. We trust you, Holy Spirit, and we say, come, Holy Spirit, deal with these things in our lives if you need to. Amen. What a powerful prayer for strongholds to, to come down in our, in our life. So um, amazing. So I'm um, sharing from Katie and Rich. Can I hold the mic? Can anybody remember... Anything from Katie and Rich's time? Because I watched a video. Prophecy. Well done, Scott. Does anybody remember anything from that teaching? Cake. They bought cake, didn't they? Yes. And there was two types of cake that they put on the PowerPoint, weren't there? Cherry Bakewell. Very good. Anybody remember the other cake? You ate it. You, you, you tasted it. Fruitcake, yeah. Pete, are you remembering what I said? Yeah. <laughs> I had a giggle watching it back too. Um, I think I was sleep deprived. I think my filters were down. Okay. So yeah, Katie and Rich shared with us. They, so basically, they had lots of teaching prepared, but they had two main activities. One of them was they threw up these pictures of a baked tart and a fruitcake. And they asked us to say, what, what do you think God is saying to you out of these pictures for Proximity Church? And the second thing they did is they had loads of items at the back over here, I don't know if you remember, um, and to pick up an item and to pray that over Proximity Church. And they also had some Bible verses over here. So it was very interactive. So to try and summarize their teaching for you would be very difficult. But what I did do was I listened back to the words, and it was very interesting. So this was in um, April that they came and spoke to us. Now, this was before school's work came to an end, as we know it. Um, this was before we had a prayer room. This is for Hassenbrook. This is, um, we've seen a real kind of like revitalization of the churches together, praying and having lunches together. So it was really interesting to look back on what God was saying now. Um, 
So in, in regards to the cake, um, we had this, so this was from us. This wasn't Katie and Rich. This is what we were saying over each other. Um, go after the fruit of the spirit. So you can either have, this was John, you can either have the cherry bakewell or you could go deeper and you could have the fruit cake. And you could experience all the tastes and all the freshness. And like, you know, it, with this Holy Spirit stuff, we can do one learning on it. Or we could keep saying every time we go to the prayer room, every time we're on a prayer walk, every time that we're having our quiet time, Holy Spirit, meet me. I want to experience your gifts. I want to experience the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Cake is for sharing. You can have a whole cake and eat it. <laughs> <laughs> or you can share it. And um, we saw some amazing cakes, birthday cakes at your house church, um, Quaker Wendy. Um, that was really great. Um, and it's saying the difference between like a cherry bakewell, it's shop bought, it's pristine, you know, but also you can see exactly what you've got. You've got a half a cherry and you know the layers. Where the fruitcake, you might not know what's there. And it like this encouragement to us as a community that we might look a bit rustic, we're a bit more organic. But what's in there is good for us. It's not shop-bought, manufactured. This is homemade, nutritious um, cake. Um, okay, cherry bakewell, very neat, very ordered, very structured. You've got your layers. Fruitcake, chaos, messy. You don't, you don't know whether that slice is going to get loads of fruit or that slice, you're not going to get much fruit. But it's saying, you know, within this chaos of our, of our house church structures, and, you know, when we say... We're going to be here, and someone comes along, and like, but where are you meeting? But, like, there is beauty in the mess and in this, you know, the, as the spirit rested on the waters, that sort of thing. Um, and there was an invitation to, to, like, you can have the cherry bakewell cherry, or you could lean into it and experience the fullness. So that was really interesting. And I think I see lots of kind of, like, a response to that as we've really, really heard God say, come and see my face. Come and spend time with me. We've got a prayer room. Go up there and experience, you know, this real invitation to prayer in our prayer meetings and our prayer walking, in these encounters. Um, yeah, just really see that God wants to bring us not just cherries on top, but a whole plethora of fruit um, in this season. And then um, somebody shared out of Luke 10 from the Bible verses here, to sit at the feet of Jesus and listen. And, uh, and I think that that is still, we're in that season to come and sit at the, the fruit of Jesus. This was um, a beautiful thing. So um, we had Oliver share about a pen and we had Deb share about the pen that was on this table here. And um, Deb, this is, you said, I've written so many stories in your life, Proximity Church, um, but I'm going to write so many more. You know, and it, it was a declaration of like, there's lives that have been touched. And I really took that for the school's work. You know, there's, there's, there's so many lies that we've touched through the school's work, but there is more to come. There's more, story, there's more lies that are going to be penned, more stories that are going to be written um, through this church. And Oliver, kind of on that theme, shared um, that with a pen, you can make beautiful things. It's just an ordinary pen. It's a biro. You know, it looks very ordinary. But with a pen, you can create and you can craft and you can design blueprints for architecture that become huge buildings, you know, that actually from this small community, big things will come. Um, Someone looked at the positivity journal and it said on, on this journal there was flowers and there was bees and just got a really a heart that God was going to cross-pollinate stuff from this community um, to, to what, we, we, what we experience in prayer, what we experience of the Holy Spirit. We get to cross-pollinate that. And I see that with, you know, joining together with other churches, see that in our workplaces and what God's going to do. Pete shared about having the Moravia daily text. And you were really stirred and reminded about when you used to go and pray at 217 and just brought that back. And I think it's really interesting now that we've got a prayer room again and you're able to like have that time and just encouraged by that. But you said, um, love the Lord with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your might. You know, that's what you were saying. And I think that was the, the invitation for us. Wendy, you shared about having a hat. And you know, you said about Thurrock being a small place. Well, in this, you said that we need to keep on walking. And we will have awe and wonder, because on the hat it had wonder. Um, within this area, we will see beautiful things. Um, and Isaiah 61 came out a lot. You are anointed with the Holy Spirit. And in that, Joyce, um, Abner, one of our neighbors, shared, and you might go into prisons, is what she said. Uh, so Joyce, you can talk to Joyce about that. She's not going to prison personally. Um, but you can talk to her at the end. <laughs> um, 
Sorry? Okay. And then one more thing, um, just really interesting, is that Eddie brought a shovel from the back and he said, cultivate the land to maximize the harvest. Okay, I'm just going to pray over us then. Yeah, Holy Spirit, we thank you that you spoke so powerfully over us as a community. And um, we thank you in your word. It says that when you speak, nothing returns to you void. And so, God, we believe that you are going to bring beauty out of this place, that we would be struck with awe and wonder by people, by breakthroughs, Jesus, by what story you're going to write in this place. And we just say yes and amen. God, we listen to that challenge from Deb about ways that we can stop um, and prevent you from using us. And, and, and so, God, we pray strongholds would come down in our hearts and in our lives, God, and that we would be conduits of your spirit. Jesus, we don't just want um, manufactured Holy Spirit. We want the, the raw, the rustic, the chaotic, the organic, um, homemade thing that you are doing in and through us so we say yes and amen god we lean into the chaos and we believe that you will speak and it will be good amen and we invite our next speaker p uh, john peters okay um this was becca jupp from aaron church down south uh the subject she was given was the gift of tongues, the discerning of tongues, which I thought was a bit misleading because she talked about the gift of tongues and the interpretation of tongues because discernment is a different gift. So she didn't cover discernment, so I'll just cover it in two, 25 minutes. Um, no, simple definition, hello everybody, is help us detect truth from falsehood and the presence of bad spirits, evil spirits. Yeah, that's discerning. So back to the subject matter. Becca actually only talked for about 20 minutes. She was online as well, so it's quite short, thankfully. And um, basic questions that she asked were, how does tongues impact us and why tongues? So first of all, it's a gift like they all are. So it's a gift. It's not something that's earned or learned, okay? So when the um, big event happened in Acts 2, it wasn't something that they either deserved to have. It was something that Jesus said, I'm going to bring the Holy Spirit. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, rather, and, and you will have power. And part of that power uh, was demonstrated by speaking in tongues. Um, now, there, it wasn't explained, so I won't bother to explain actually what happened there. Um, I'll talk more about what she said, um, how important it is, why does tongues uh, have an impact for us, and why is it important? Well, it's important because um, this particular gift is something, unlike the others, which really builds up our relationship with God. So it's really important for us to seek for this gift and use this gift. Um, but it's also for the church. It's not just for us, it's for the church as well because it builds us up and it builds the church up as a whole. And it's a gift also for the outsider because the outsider will look on, uh, you know, if he's in a meeting here and say, I haven't got a clue what they're saying. Um, so there comes in the interpretation of tongues, so you understand what that tongue was all about. Um, also, it's in the Bible. It's important, isn't it? That's what she said. It's in the Bible. And the reason it helps us in our relationship with God is because sometimes we just don't know what to say in our prayers. You know, we, we pray for people, we pray for situations which seem impossible. We think, I just don't know how to pray for this. So speaking in tongues helps us to speak to God about the situation, not with our own understanding, but with a spiritual understanding from God. So then she went on to the practicalities. Um, simply ask for the gift. Major thing. I don't know... How many of us speak in tongues? Dare I take account? How many speak in tongues here or have spoken in tongues? 
Yeah, so there's a few have and a few haven't, okay. So ask for the gift. It's helpful. It's in 1 Corinthians 14, if you want to read up about it, and ask somebody about it after you've read that scripture. Is it weird? Well, maybe it is, yes, because it's something that's not of you, is it? It's something that God has given you to help you and to help others. But it's nothing to fear. It's nothing to fear. It's, if it's from God, it's nothing to fear at all. So let me encourage you, as Becca did, set aside time, seek the gift if you haven't received it. And the question would be, is it for today? Well, yes, because <laughs> I'm encouraging you. So should we encourage each other? Well, yes, because it's something that builds us up. It builds a church up, and we really need that in this day and age. Okay? So I'll pray. Father, just show us the importance of this gift. And as we understand the importance of this gift, Father, I pray that if we have received the gift of tongues, that we use it. And if we have received the gift of interpretation, that we use it. Father, if we haven't received this gift, I pray for everyone today who is in that position to seek the gift and receive the gift because it's from you. It's something that will bless us and bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, we're going to have Pete Wood come and speak on the gifts of wisdom and knowledge. Okay, good morning, everyone. The June teaching on the gifts of wisdom and knowledge was brought by Yanni Rubri. She gave the simplest definitions of what wisdom and knowledge is. She said, knowledge is a collection of facts, and wisdom is the ability to discern the use of those facts. Finish. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Uh, wisdom and knowledge are gifts of, from, from the Spirit of God. It says in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 8, it says, To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. Yarni was so taken up about how much Solomon really loved wisdom, and she, she read... Uh, quite a long section on in the book of uh, wisdom, but and uh, I'm just going to read the first five verses of that. If you want to hear the, the rest of the verses, you can download it on the Proximity website, and it's really, really encouraging. So the first five, it says this, Therefore I prayed the understanding was given me. I called on God, and the spirit of wisdom came to me. I preferred her to scepters and thrones, and I counted wealth as nothing in comparison with her. Neither did I liken to her any priceless gin, because all gold is but a little sand in her sight, and silver will be accounted as clay before her. I loved her more than health and beauty, and I chose to have her rather than light, because her radiance never ceases. All good things came to me along with her and in her hands uncounted wealth. So you're so, you've so loved wisdom more than anything. So why do we want wisdom? Well, funny enough, in verse 28 of what she read, I thought this is wonderful, it says, for God loves nothing so much as the person who lives with wisdom. So just, just think of that again. I'll just say it again. For God loves nothing so much as the person who lives with wisdom. And in Proverbs 8, 11, she said that, uh, for wisdom is more precious than rubies and nothing you desire can compare with her. So why wouldn't you want wisdom? In James... In James 1.5, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So we can all ask for, for wisdom, for maybe one specific subject or wisdom generally, everything. 
But these, she then wanted to emphasize on how we should use it and how we should receive it. She said we, we shouldn't want to use wisdom to look good or boost the old ego, because God really doesn't, doesn't like that at all. He, he, says, he says in here, he said, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent, I will frustrate. That's 1 Corinthians 1.19. So he's not into worldly wisdom, worldly, he's more into the spiritual. It also says, about humility, it says, when pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. So you can see where we were coming from. We should really receive it from a spirit of wisdom and not in, in, for self, you know. Uh, she, she also mentions in James 3, verses 13 to 15, the, the, uh, what you should do and what you shouldn't do. So it's perfect. It says, if you consider yourself to be wise and one who understood the ways of God, advertise it with a beautiful, fruitful life, guiding with wisdom's gentleness. Never brag or boast about what you've done and you'll prove that you're truly wise. But if there is bitter jealousy of competition hiding in your heart, then don't deny it and try to compensate for it by boasting or being phony. For that is nothing to do with God's heavenly wisdom, but be best described as the wisdom of the world, both selfish and devilish. Now, Janie just wanted to emphasize about humility. She said, she wanted us to take on this message. She said, humility is absolutely the foundation of wisdom. And just to emphasize that, she finally, I find it here, quoted from the book, The Imitation of Christ, on Thinking Humbly of Oneself by Thomas Kempis. Now, it's in Old English, so you have to, you have to listen carefully. It says, If it seemeth to thee that thou knowest many things and understandest most of them, well, know that you are many more things which thou knowest not. Do not be high-minded, but rather confess thy ignorance. Why desirest thou to lift yourself above another, when there are found to be many more learned and skilled in Scripture than thou? To account nothing of oneself, and to think always kindly and highly of others, this is great and perfect wisdom. So, I just pray what Yanni's... Uh, message to us. So I just pray, Lord, that we, we search for wisdom. We ask you, Lord Jesus, to send the spirit of wisdom to us, that we shall use it humbly and well for the for benefit of all, Lord. Amen. Thank you. We're going to have Christy share on Jill Webber, what she shared. Thank you. I'm really, really enjoying this. Can I just say that? I'm really enjoying hearing from everyone. It's, um, it's really good. Um, yeah, I, oh, I'm going to set my timer. So my job is to remind us of the teaching of Jill Weber. Jill Weber of Waverley Abbey fame uh, and the global convener of the Order of the Mustard Seed. She came um, and her topic was based on this verse, these two verses in Philippians. Philippians 4. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every, every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. So yeah, it was about anxiety. Uh, and, and she set the scene with an intro that um, just laid out how prevalent anxiety certainly is in our world at the moment. I'd imagine that many of us in this room and online will either have first-hand or you know, direct second-hand uh, experience of anxiety. Um, and this teaching was about um, invoking the Holy Spirit as we confronted anxiety. 
uh, I think is what the, the sort of the, the, the essence of it was. Because Jill came and she was very vulnerable. She talks about her own struggles with anxiety. She talks about how she's received great help from, from medication and from therapy, counseling. Um, and, and, you know, she said all of that is very valid. And also we can invoke the Holy Spirit when we're confronting anxiety. Um, so some, it was a very practical session. It was more of a workshop. She tried to give us some tools that we can use and practice. And I don't know if anyone has, but um, uh, the first one of them that she talks about that is we, we also added to our, uh, the first time we opened the prayer room in Dry Street was breath prayer. And it's this idea of taking prayer without ceasing. And how can we do that? Well, one way is breath prayer. And what we remember from breath prayer was she encouraged us that as we breathe in, you choose a name of God. And as we breathe out, we sort of mutter or hold uh, an ask of God in and out. And many of us came up with our own examples of that. Um, someone was, um, one of them was, Father God, you are my portion. That's an example. Uh, and, and also this taps into the whole thing of, I remember Kate and David, when they were with us, the Arbolators, they also did a teaching on anxiety, uh, and they talked about breathing as part of that. It's a really important thing, and it's something that I definitely have benefited from uh, since July, for sure, and also before. And, and then to add God into the mix of just like being able to control my breathing, control my body, and then inviting the Holy Spirit in that is a really powerful exercise, breath prayer. She also got us to do some funny things. She got us to stand up and engage our bodies. She said about how we, a lot of time we hold anxiety in our bodies. And she did this thing where we, you wrapped your arms around yourself and you sort of swayed a bit and, and things like this. Um, she got us to do all of that. Um, she talked really uh, inspiringly about practicing gratitude. She talks about how every morning she keeps a gratitude journal. She wakes up and the first thing she decides to do every day is to write things that she's thankful for. And, and we see that in Philippians as well, doesn't it? It says with by prayer, petition, and thanksgiving. And she talks about practicing gratitude, and she challenged us to, to do that. Um, and she also said another way that she does that is through the prayer of examine. Uh, daily, at the end of a day, she'll go through the prayer of examine. And for those who use Lectio 365 in the day, if you use it at night, it follows the structure of the prayer of examine. It's an easy way of, of doing that. Um, she brought the, the verse 1 Peter 5 verse 7 which is, um, <laughs> I didn't write it down. It's, uh, don't give your anxieties to the Lord for he loves and cares for you. It's pretty close. I'll delete that from the recording. Someone else can look it up. Uh, <laughs> and she talks about savoring. So in line with gratitude, she talks about savoring things. How often do we actually savor things? Um, our brains and our neuroscience is, is built in such a way that our brains are Teflon to positivity and Velcro to negativity. You'll read 10 emails, one of them is a bit annoying, and that's the one you carry with you through the rest of your day. Um, and, and so she talks about savoring things that are good, Ling, not, always, not only lingering on the negative in our lives, but lingering on the positive, savoring, savoring. Um, magnification, she got us to do this, I don't know if you remember. Do you remember this? So you got us, if, if you magnify a problem, what happens is it gets bigger. The problem looks bigger. If you look for a magnifying glass or something, it looks bigger. So rather than magnify a problem, she said, magnify the Lord. So that's why she got us to look up like that. She said you're, you'd remember it if you did it. So obviously none of you did it. Um, uh, and she said, this was a really great turn of phrase. She said, we often talk to God about our problems. And she said, that's a good thing. But how often do we talk to our problems about God? So speaking to our, you know, the, the challenges in our lives about the goodness, the glory, the might of God. So my time is going off. So that's five minutes. Um, and she, she then obviously, of course, talks about the Holy Spirit and the role of the Holy Spirit in all of these things and how the Holy Spirit helps us to experience God's love. And if we live out of love, then, you know, we're not living out of fear which is where a lot of anxiety can come from, and how the Holy Spirit is the great comforter as well. So I'll pray for us now. Lord, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your strength. Thank you for your might. You are glorious. We magnify your name.
Magnify who you are now in the face of all the challenges of our lives. I pray for those in our community and the families of those in our community, God, who struggle with anxiety. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you bring comfort. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are the conduit of God's love in our lives that we can carry with us. Pray that we would live out of your love. And Lord, we pray against anxiety in our community. We pray for freedom from anxiety. And Lord, we pray for Stanford Hope and Corringham and Horndon and Vange and Pazden and all of our surrounding areas. God, would we be where Etheric is a thin place, God. Let us experience your love and your goodness and be set free from anxiety in our time. In Jesus' name. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. Next is... Joyce, come Joyce, please. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so blessed. I'm really, really blessed. And it's really good to remind ourselves of how many things God said to us. So I'm going to cover um, September 1, Faithfulness in a Time of Compromise, which uh, was led by Joe Gisby. And there was no uh, recording that time, uh, so I have to rely on my notes, but also on the power of that talk, because it really, really worked in my life. So uh, what I'm going to do, I'm going to give you a really brief summary of the content and then tell you my testimony that is linked to this, uh, to this talk. Like God really, really spoke directly to me. So this is a time when Joe brought the word about breakthrough. He worked on that number, 84, 8 as breakthrough and 4 as door. And he was saying, for us this year is a, is a year of breakthrough. And it's something that has been repeated over and over time over these months. And uh, so he kept encouraging us to keep on going. I think this is probably the key of, of, of the whole talk, to just keep, keep going. And he spoke about God's faithfulness and how it is important that we are people of integrity. So Job brought us into this journey um, alongside Abraham. And he was telling how God, uh, Abraham received a word uh, about you know, going into this new land that would become the promised land. And he was really encouraging us that um, sometimes God calls us to, to a place, but it doesn't actually tell us how to get there. He just says, go, keep going, keep going. And uh, he, he's, he, at this point, he gave like a little prophetic word saying, you know, you feel personally that you have been called to a promised land, but all you see around you is wilderness. And then he carried on, he carried on speaking. And then he said, sometimes uh, when we don't see the answer, you know, we don't see this promised land, we are tempted to get things, take things uh, in our hands. And then we get an Ishmael, you know, where Abraham said, okay, God spoke, but nothing's happening. Okay, and we get the Ishmael story. But then Abraham repented and he got Isaac. And here Joe was encouraging us that even when sometimes we do get an Ishmael, like we didn't have the patience to wait, if we repent, there is an Isaac. And this was very, very encouraging. And then, um, yeah, God said to Abraham to go to this place. And then, you know, as I said, God doesn't always give us all the information. Abraham to go and take Isaac for this famous sacrifice that was going to take place. And then after three days, God said, this is the place. And here Joe was encouraging us that we just have to keep walking. You know, God is not going to say, okay, if you do this and do this or et cetera, turn right and left, you know, you'll find the place. We have to keep going. And then suddenly we are there. And, and that was very encouraging. And when uh, Abraham arrived at the place of the sacrifice, Instead of sacrificing Isaac, God provided a ram. And this ram was trapped in the bushes. So Joe was encouraging us that God has got the answer to, to, uh, to his promise. We just have to keep going. We don't know how to get there, but we will get there if we are obedient. And nobody can take that answer away from us. And Abraham called that place Jireh, which means God is enough. And God wants us to take us to a place of abundance, but we need to get there. So let's keep going, keep on walking, and don't give up. 
So when I heard these words, I was really, really challenged. And you know, a few months ago, proximity schools came to an end. And we really felt that God had something for us. We didn't feel that we failed. I mean, we, we ended with the highest numbers of things doing. But God had, you know, there were other plans. And I really personally felt that there is something. This is not the end. And uh, my last devotion with the team was from Psalm 37, saying, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and he will give you the desires of your heart. So I was really encouraging the team that this is opportunity for us, you know, to seek God, and he will give us our desires. And, um, but then for me, like, I felt that was a word for me as well, of course. But then when the school's team, with school's work finished, I was like, what are my desires? I hadn't thought about my desires for many years. <laughs> you know, it was like, you know, once you're married, you have children, you have your job, you know, that's it in one sense. But I started looking for jobs. I was applying. I, I started, you know, following a certain route. So on the one hand, I knew there was a promised land, but what I was seeing around me was the wilderness. So exactly what uh, Joe was saying. So I just wanted, okay, I'm... I'm I'm going to keep going. I'm not going to give up. I don't want an Ishmael. I want Isaac. You know, and I really, I really, people know, some of you already heard this uh, bits and bobs because I was feeling encouraged and I was sharing as I was on my journey with God. And then suddenly I received a phone call from an agency and he, and he said, uh, I've seen your, your CV and I wonder if you were interested in a job in a prison. And he started telling me about this job, and it was a catering tutor. When he mentioned prison, my antennas went up. Because over the years, when I was young, and over the years, I really had this I, passion for prisons. Um, but I never knew what, how to get in there. And in Italy, it's a very man thing to do, anyway. And, um, but then, with the, with proximity schools, we had actually spent a morning, uh, uh, Scott will remember, like talking about how can we get into prison? You know, can we take maid? Can we take in Sugi? And, and, then, and then we heard that prophecy that, thank you, Charles, for reminding I totally forgot about that. Uh, this Abena gave this prophecy about, and you'll get into prisons. So then I told the team, oh, you know, this girl gave this prophecy. Maybe like we are on something. Anyway, and then the, um, yeah, and that was it. So this guy was talking, and my heart was like, oh, so happy. But then, he said, would you like me to send your CV? But I said, I'll think of it. And then I'll let you know. After 10 minutes, I call him back. And I, said, I thought about it. It's too far. <laughs> you know, on the map is close. But there is a bridge. I really can't do it. If there's something in maybe, you know, that would be good. And I said, oh, in but we only have, um, they're only looking for a construction tutor. And I take it that you're not interested. He said, no. <laughs> Definitely not. So... Construction, construction tutor. So anyway, put the phone down, and then I looked up on, online, and I did find a job in prison uh, for a cover tutor. So I said, "Oh, I'll try, I'll try this," you know. So I write, I pressed apply now to start the process, and they said, "Oh, the position has already been filled." So I thought, "Okay, that's it." But then a few days later, the same guy calls me saying, oh, there is a job going into prison for as a cover tutor. So I said, oh, I tried, but they said it's already closed. And I said, no, no, they're looking for someone. So cut story short, next day I get an interview. Then a few days later, I get another interview in person. And a week later, I meet, uh, I have an online um, meeting with uh, with education manager. And she says... I'm holding your CV, and you are the person we were looking for. And for me, that was a ram. You know, I don't want to cry. <laughs> but that was a ram. Like, nobody could apply for that job. <laughs> it doesn't, you know, like, God had that job for me. And he knew the desire of my heart. He knew, like, when I was young and over the years, I had this dream of going to a prison. But I didn't know how to get there. I knew there were Christians, but to me it was all too complicated. <laughs> so, but God is so good because he made the step. You know, like he, he knew that with my resources, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have ever got there. So I was really, really encouraged of this word. So thank God for that word for Joe. And my prayer for us, I pray. <laughs> Lord, we thank you for the journey that we are on with you, Lord. And Lord, we, yeah, we often look at the destination, Lord. But the journey is so important, Lord. It's where we learn 
about you, Lord. We learn about your faithfulness. So, Lord, we pray for, for us today, Lord, on the journey that we are. Lord, there are things that we haven't seen, Lord. I, I'm still waiting for other answers as well, Lord. But, Lord, um, yeah, we trust that you have a plan, Lord. And thank you as, for, as a community. Thank you, Lord, that even with this job for me, Lord, you had already spoken to, you know, even in the church, Lord, we are still... We are still blessing one another in obedience, Lord. So, yeah, we just want to keep going, Lord. Give, give us the, the courage, the boldness not to give, give up and find an Ishmael, Lord, but we want an Isaac, Lord. So bless us today, we pray in Jesus' name. Wow. Um, we've just heard an amazing testimony. Joyce, that, that was a ram, because you were saying it wasn't even on the website, was it? You know, what, actually what they called you up for was something that wasn't even advertised. And Joyce, you said that, that, that you know, when it comes to, 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 to sacrificing Isaac, that God already had the ram trapped. And that was your thing. God's got this. God's, I've, God's got my answer to prayer. And he did. You know, your faith through that was amazing. Come, we pray that your Holy Spirit would move like it did over the waters. Jesus, we pray that people would experience your life and your goodness, your love. Um, we thank you that at Christmas we celebrate you drawing near. We pray, Holy Spirit, this would be a season of you drawing near to us. God, would you stir us to seek after these things? Would you challenge us in ways that we put walls? God, I pray for that prayer room to be a thin place. God, I pray for our houses to be a thin place. Pray that when we gather, it would be a thin place. Jesus, we just want to see the things of heaven touch earth. We pray, come Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.